Fundamental Life Podcast. All right. Well, welcome, y'all. We, uh, we're back. We're back for episode number six of the Fundamental Life Podcast, myself and Matt Arnold. Um, we are excited to be here. Again, I'm a little tired this morning. We were just chatting about it. Had some animals up late last night, milling around the house. Animals, man. They're expensive. Yeah. I mean, they bleed me out more than my kids. Your dog's named Butch? Butch. He's named after... Why did uh, you name him Butch? Well, it's actually a, a, a kind of a twofold reason. And, I, you know, I tell you, my dog is something... He is something, but he, his name is Butch. Uh, my first yellow lab that I had, his name was Bullet, and he was from Circleville, Utah. And so after I, uh, after I had to, you know, uh, put Bullet down after 12 years, uh, I, I said I'd never get another dog. But if I did, I was going to name him Butch because Circleville is where Butch Cassidy is originally from. So it was a, kind of an homage to my first dog to name him Butch. But his full name is the Butch Initiative. And the reason why is the acronym of TBI. Because I got him as a therapy animal, and believe it or not, just two weeks ago, he got his uh, full emotional support dog uh, certification. So he, he, he wears this little cool red vest that says emotional support, and he's got a tag. And I have a card that I can carry in my wallet that says that you cannot stop me from taking this dog on a plane or into a hotel or into living conditions. It's pretty cool. Does he have to wear a mask? No. No. No I do. You have to wear a mask, (laughs) but he doesn't. Pets, man. We've got, uh, we've always had a cat. I don't know why. I'm not a big cat lover, but the cat just kind of mills around the house. And then we've had a couple dogs. We're on our second uh, uh, dog, and no cool name. Its name's Pipes, Piper, and no, no cool story behind that. I don't know. My wife named it, but uh, yeah, pets are expensive. And you just had to give uh, had an abscess tooth, cost you like a grand or eight hundred and three dollars because he cracked a tooth, and so it went abscessed. And that's the whole thing. How do you know that your dog cracks a tooth? Did, not like he complains. Well, he or probably anything. whines. No, he didn't. He not not even a little bit. His face just got all swollen up. I thought it got stung by a bee. <laughs> so we took him in. And we're like, hey, I think he got stung by a bee. And they're like, no, nah, it's an abscess tooth. I was like, what? And so they're like, yeah, eight hundred and three bucks. I could do a, a second mortgage or a cash out for you to pay for that. I appreciate that. Maybe I'll look into it. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> Well, we wanted to thank everybody who's listened, who has uh, subscribed. Thank you. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And uh, also those who have left comments. That helps us immensely. Um, so please comment and uh, rate us. Go on there. Give us five stars. If uh, you want to give us less than that, don't rate us. Um, so let's just kind of <laughs> recap what we've hit so far. So if you uh, if this is your first episode, um uh, we've had uh, five previous to this. We talked about rates. We talked about uh, uh, paying your bills and credit. We talked about capital. We talked about uh, debt ratios. And we also talked about, in the last episode, collateral, mm-hmm. or the actual home that we're lending on, the home that you live in. So I think that uh, we touched base this morning on our topic here. And uh, basically, um, the question that comes across a lot been happening for 20 years I've been doing this I would say yesterday alone I got no less than seven or eight text messages and some of them are as short as Steve what are rates I heard rates are at this and it's just that's it sometimes they don't even leave a name and I'm like dude I don't even know who you are bro but people are hitting us up they call they leave voicemails they hit us up with emails probably a dozen times a day right now between text voicemails emails and so let's dive into that because uh, should someone refinance, should someone lower their interest rate? And we need to chat about whether it makes sense or not. Absolutely. There I go with the absolutely again. Perfecto. Yeah, indubitably. <laughs> indubitably? What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't indubitably. know. Indubitably. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's from uh, you know old musicals and such. Indubitably. 
So I know this is kind of a, uh, oh, they're going to talk about raids. Boom. Click on. Click on to the next podcast. No. Um, I think that they uh, there's some really good information from our side of the desk that will help consumers to analyze their own situation and make this decision educated on what the details are of whether it makes sense or not. Because when we look at a scenario, uh, it's the devil's in the details. And what I mean by that is there's some arithmetic that goes behind it and there's some questions that we have to ask the client, the person that wants to refinance, so that we can help give them an educated uh, answer on what what our belief is, and they can make that decision. And I know that's a bunch of minutia, but... Well, I think it boils down to should I or should I not refinance? I mean... Do you what? What is your end all goal? Is it the barbecue rate? Is it that you can walk around and tell everybody how low your interest rate is on your house and how you're saving all this money and blah blah blah? And really, honestly, that's uh, a lot of the phone calls that I'm fielding right now are from people that have closed on mortgages six eight months ago. They're like, oh, dude, I gotta refi. I gotta refi. I'm gonna get the rate. And yeah, they're just Jones and they like crack addicts. Dude. Just hitting the pipe, looking for the dealer. It's like we're drug dealers. I know. It's like, dude, I can't wait. This rate is not going to be here in like 15 minutes. It's going to be gone. <laughs> and so, like, that's the whole thing is really, you know, like way out is the cost versus the rate. And a lot of these people that I've uh, that refinanced six, eight months ago or purchased a home six, eight months ago, you paid to get where you're at right now. So it's kind of like um, buying a car. And I'm going to defer to you on this with uh, ACV and, uh, you know, taking a car in on trade and what happens when they roll negative equity back into the car. And, you know, hey, I want a new car. I got to get a new car. Well, you're upside down five grand. Not a problem. We'll just roll this into your next car. Well, that's the thing with refinancing. Yeah, you can save maybe 200 bucks a month, but... If you're rolling all this negative equity back into your loan, now all of a sudden, does it make sense to refinance? The question that people should be asking themselves, and this is, it's elementary, but it's not what are rates. It's what are the costs to refinance? And let me explain. So when when I get a text or an email or a voicemail or a phone call from a friend or a previous client, or a referral, and they say, what are rates? I don't know how to answer that, okay? And let me let me kind of dive into why. There's no, it's not as if every day we come in and there's a rate posted on the wall. Three and a quarter, here's today's rate. That's not how it works. When people call up and they want to know what rates are, um, it can be anywhere from two and three quarters, two and five eighths right now to three and a quarter, three and three eighths. And what the difference is between those rates are the costs to get that rate. And then there's other factors that go into that as well. You know, uh, is it a investment property? Is it a second home? Is it a primary residence? What's your credit score? What's your debt ratio? What's your loan amount? There's all these little factors, mitigating factors that go into that. But the, the costs are paramount. And the question that I always ask my clients is how long do you believe you'll be in this home? And I know that's an open-ended question, but how long do you believe you'll be in this home? Because when you buy a rate down, let's say, for example, a rate that doesn't cost you anything, no discount points, no origination fee, is three and an eighth, 3.125. I can get you that rate with just some title costs, okay? maybe 1400 bucks in title costs and some ancillary fees, maybe an appraisal, but it's not going to cost you to buy that rate down, okay, at three and an eighth or three and a quarter. But I can get you two and three quarters. The difference is that's going to cost you about 1% or one and a half, depending on the day that we lock, to get you that rate. So if your loan amount's 400 grand, do the math, if it's one and a half, that's $6,000. You're going to pay $6,000 to get a two and three quarter rate. I'm not saying that doesn't make sense. What I'm saying is, you're buying that rate down. If it's a 30-year mortgage, you're buying that rate down for 30 years. And so do you believe you're going to be there for five, six, eight years, 10 years? 
are your kids in middle school or high school? Do you have any intention of moving, uh, stepping up to a larger home? These are all questions that are pertinent. For some people, it does make sense to have some costs. But for others that are like, man, you know, I'm in this condo, me and my wife, we've got one kid, we've got another one on the way, we'll probably move in three years. Why would you buy a rate down for 30 years when you're likely only going to use the money for three years? It just doesn't make sense. Yes, your payment's going to go down 80 bucks, but if it costs you five grand to get that rate, how long are you going to use it for? So 80 bucks, you do the math and it's like, man, you're going upside down to your point with a trade-in of a car. If you're upside down on that car, maybe it's worth eight grand, you owe 12, you go buy a new car for 20 grand, they finance 24, they roll that four grand negative equity back into the car. Uh, was that really a, a good move? No. Oh. Maybe if you hated the car. Oh, Maybe if it was a, a Corsica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You can bring up the inner Corsica. <laughs> In, inside jokes. Man. So, uh, no, and that's the thing is even looking at it is how long are you going to be in this home? The average life of a loan right now is three to five years. And, like, I couldn't believe that when I heard that, that stat. I was like, no. But it's true. The average loan three to five years doesn't mean you're going to move doesn't mean you're going to pay off that house it just means that's the average and you think about it i have clients they come in and i tell them when they go through all these costs they're like we got to do this we got to pay for this i'm like listen the average loan amount or the average loan lasts three to five years and they tell me yeah no but i'm going to be in this home forever i'm like yeah but we just refinanced your house a year ago so what makes you think you're not going to be sitting across my desk in 18 months? You're chasing your tail. Exactly. The best way to put it is homeowners. I've, I've refinanced several people three times in the last three years. And it, I mean, you know what? It actually made sense because I did it on no cost refinances, mm -hmm. but I've had other clients that have insisted on buying the rate down. They've insisted on getting, the best rate and it's cost them money. And then they call me back 12 months later because rates have gone down and they want to buy the rate down again. And you're chasing your tail. You're just, you're like a dog. You're like Butch, you know, with his abscessed tooth, just chasing his tail. And I think that's silly. Um, there's other factors. Maybe you are going to be in your house for 15 years. Maybe this is the home that you and your wife plan on dying in. Okay, you're gonna, they're going to haul you out of there in a pine box, so we say. Well, with my wife, I'm going to tell you right now, I know I'm dying in that house because it'll probably be in the next six months, you know, with the whole, like, pandemic, like, lockdown. Like, I'm telling you, dude, she's ready to stab me right in the throat. <laughs> you know what sucks? I've been in my house now since 2005, built the house, so 15 years. And in my head, I'm like, man, the home is new. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, it's still new. I, I remember picking out these knobs. I remember this wood, this this hand-glazed wood being super stoked on the old man who did it. And now, like, to me, in my head, I'm like, it's still new. But then when I step back, I'm like, man, this this damn thing's old. <laughs> I need to renovate. I go through new homes, and I'm like, man, my home is old. And so those are some factors that go into play. You know, I had a client just barely... Similar situation to mine, home is similar age, home is old, the wife's an interior decorator, they wanted to do uh, a renovation, and it was going to cost him about 150 grand. Well, he didn't have 150 grand, and so he came to me for a cash-out mortgage. Um, the home was worth a lot, he owed you know about 50% of what it was worth, and we did a cash-out mortgage for him. And so there's other factors that go into there. Are you going to lose uh, your job? Is income going to go down? Do you, like... There's a lot of factors that will force you into refinancing, not just moving or selling your home. There's other factors that'll go into that as well. Absolutely. Dude, there I go again. Indubitably. Indubitably. So that's a, and that's the other thing that, that I look at is it's not just different factors to be able to pull cash out or anything like that, but let's say you pull cash out. Let's say your homie comes in, he's like, dude, I need 150 grand. Cool. Well, doing a cash out loan, you're going to have a higher interest rate than if you do a rate and term. So guess what? In six months from now, what happens? We can refinance that loan on a rate and term and get you that lower interest rate. So rather than pay a lot of funds right now to refinance, 
Try to get the no cost. Try to get the low cost. Take the higher interest rate. And people say, well, I don't know what's going to happen in six months. I don't know where rates are going to be. Well, neither do I. But I'm just telling you, you're always better off because you look at your dollar like across the board. Like an eighth of an interest rate, it'll save you some money, but it's not as exorbitant as people believe. Now, what about a 15-year or a 20-year or a 10-year? I would say that probably uh, with all of our loan officers here, the majority of the loans we do are 30 or fixed. Um, but we do do some 15. We do do some 20s. We actually offer something really cool called a flex term where if someone's been paying on their loan for two years and they're just adamant that they don't want to lose the two years they've been paying, we can do a 28-year. We can do a 23-year. Um, now the rate doesn't get any better if you're, you know, say you want a 30 year uh, mortgage, but you don't want to lose those two years and we do a 28 year term, the rate's going to be the same as it would be on a 30. But um, some people like that and we offer that uh, just kind of peace of mind for you and your wife knowing, hey, you know, we bought this home two years ago, we've been paying on it, we don't want to lose that time. We do offer that. Um, a 20 year interest rate is, is really not any better than a 30 year rate, slightly. It depends on the day. Oftentimes, it's almost identical. A 15-year rate is going to be uh, anywhere from a quarter to a half. It tends to be about three-eighths better on any given day. But again, when you do a 15-year, man, I could tell story after story after story of people I've done on 15-year loans, and then they call me back 18 months later. They call me back nine months later. They call me back two years later. Steve, I changed jobs. My bonus income is not what it used to be. The payment's a little steep. Let's roll this back to a 30. And so I'm not a big fan of 15-year loans. Um, not because I don't like the rate. Obviously, the rate's three-eighths better. The payment's a lot higher because you're amortizing it over 15 years instead of 30. So that payment's going to be a lot steeper. Might as well do a 30-year and then pay additional on the principal. And then you have the flexibility of a lower payment, but you can always pay more. Because everybody always tells us, I'm going to pay this off in three years. I'm going to be rich in two years. For some reason, everybody's going to sell their baseball card collection. Everyone's going to sell their cabbage patch doll collection. <laughs> oh, it's true. If I if I had a, a nickel for every time I heard somebody going to pay their loan off in three years, I'd probably have a dollar fifty. But uh, the the other thing with refinancing that I'd like to touch on is is really when does it make the most sense? Like. Because rates right now are awesome, and you can buy it down. So when you look at your savings versus your cost, the the benchmark I always try to use is because knowing that, you know, the average loan lives for three to five years is if you can recoup all of your costs, and we can talk more about what your actual costs are in 18 months. If you can save enough money off your house payment and recoup your costs in 18 months, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to save that money because you know that even if you are part of that average, three years, you still got 18 months to gain ground. But if you're not breaking even until year seven, there's no sense in spending the money. Right. Yeah. There's an equation. It's a little bit different on every transaction, but... If you're going to recoup your costs in 24 to 36 months, then it definitely warrants serious consideration to refinance. There are times when someone says, hey, this is the last loan that I'm going to do. And there's always kind of a sweet spot when you're sitting on our side of the desk and you're looking at rates that are issued each day. They're always every single day is different. Sometimes two or three times a day they will change. There are times where it makes sense to maybe do a half a percent buy down because there's a sweet spot and you can get a quarter lower in rate for a half a percent in cost and it makes sense. But that's where homeowners need to have someone they trust that can actually educate them on the numbers. And they have, here's the thing you have to put trust in people in this world. Okay. You, you just, you have to um, because you're not the expert. Um, you have to put some trust but verify the information and go through those details. And that's what I think any responsible loan officer does with their client is they 
lay out the details and then they you know offer their opinion as to why this or that makes sense and then it's ultimately up to the homeowner to to make the decision but uh, uh that's our job to go through those details and lay it out so the homeowner can make that decision for sure and that's like and that's going with somebody you trust and that's um that's even a bigger thing because right now it's been somewhat of a struggle when i tell people no when people call me and they're like i'm seeing rates at two and seven eights i need to refinance and i look at their paperwork and i put it all together and i say you know what you're okay right now at the three and a half like does it make sense to drop down to two and seven eights and pay all this money no it doesn't especially right now here in utah because unfortunately um taxes are due in November on property taxes and property taxes here, they've only gone up over the course of the last, I don't know, ever. And so um, right now we have to collect 12 months worth of property tax. And so you look at that, I mean, on a three, $400,000 home here in Utah, you're looking at five grand. And so, you know, between, I, I should, depending on where you live in the Valley, it's going to be anywhere from 2,500 to five grand. And you look at five thousand dollars. That's rolling that into your loan amount. That's another twenty five bucks a month. Yeah, as well as uh, your homeowner's insurance, not mortgage insurance, homeowner's insurance. So your escrow account that you for for people who own homes. We're specifically talking about people who own homes right now. If you look on your mortgage statement, it's going to have your principal and interest payment. That's the money that you borrowed and what's going to principal each month. What's going to interest. You're also going to have your escrow account, and each month you're paying one twelfth of your annual tax amount into that escrow account. You're also paying one twelfth of your annual homeowners insurance premium to Allstate or to Farmers or whoever covers your homeowners insurance. And so, when we do that refinance, to Matt's point, since taxes are due in November, if we only collect a month's worth of taxes and then you make two payments before November, well, what's going to happen when November comes and you have you know, three pay, you got, you got 900 bucks in there and your taxes are 4,500. You're going to have a deficit. And so your payment's going to go up or the loan servicer is going to call you and say, Hey, we need you to send us a check for $3,600. Okay. We, we don't want that. Um, so we're going to collect 12 months worth. So you have enough in there plus a small reserve so that when taxes are due, uh, there's enough in that escrow account. Now, the good news is you will get an escrow refund. So let's say for example, loan care servicing or Wells Fargo is your current mortgage holder and we pay that loan off through a refinance about 10 days after we close you'll get an escrow refund for the amount that's in your current escrow account and right now you know on that situation where taxes are 4500 insurance is you know a thousand bucks you've probably got 35 3800 bucks sitting in that escrow account they're going to send you a check cashier's check made out to Bob Smith for 3800 bucks you'll get that two weeks after closing but if we don't increase your loan amount to cover the taxes and insurances that are going into your new escrow account, you've got to bring that money to close. The problem is you don't have it yet because you don't get that refund for 10 days after we close. And so when we increase that loan amount, those are not costs. Okay. Those are not costs of doing the loan. It's a convenience for you to have those taxes and insurances included. And it's responsible of us to collect enough that you don't have any shortage. And that's, that's just the way that works. It's just the way that it works. And I've got a, I've got a, sorry to cut you off. I have a client right now that we're uh, looking to close up next week. He owes 561, 562 on the mortgage. His new loan amount is 574 and it's a no cost loan. And so you're like, how is that even possible? Well, his principal balance is 561. That's not his payoff. He's been accruing interest on that mortgage. His payoff's more like 563. Um, in addition to that, we have to collect 12 months of taxes. Taxes on the home are 5,500. Plus, his insurance is due soon. He's got title charges. His hard costs on the loan are about 2,500 bucks. But you look at it and you're like, a homeowner looks at it and they say, well, I only owe 561. Why the hell is my loan amount, you know, 572 or 574? And you look at all the digits and lay it out and, you know, it's all there in black and white. 
but those are not costs. Okay. In addition, you also skip a month uh, of your mortgage. So if we close this loan on say August 10th, he will not have a mortgage payment September 1st. So because of that, we also increase the loan amount to cover that interest. Now it's nice. It's really, really nice to get that escrow refund. It's really nice to skip a mortgage payment. Um, if we, if we don't have you bring cash to close, we have to increase the loan amount. It's just, it's simple arithmetic, but I, I think it's wise for all homeowners to understand that the, those escrow accounts that accrued interest on your payoff, the prepaid interest to skip that payment, those are not costs. You're paying those, whether you do a loan or not, it's just, it's going to be paid in your current payment. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because when you look at a loan estimate right now, it shows closing costs. So stupid. And it just lumps it all in one big blip. Yeah. And so you look at this and you're like, man, why are my closing costs $8,000? And it's like, bro, they're actually only 1500 bucks. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean? So then we, I have to break down that whole, you know, algorithm that, hey, look, these aren't costs. You're going to pay these regardless. This is this is your actual closing costs right over here. You can see title fees, uh, appraisal, credit report, flood cert. All these fees are broken down right here, and these are your hard costs. This stuff over here, you're paying that regardless of refinancing or not. But it is it's a tough pill to swallow, especially right now, because there's such um, a, a massive escrow account. Yeah, and if 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 we fast forward to January of 2021, oh God, can we? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to learn a lot this year. It's a year of reflection. It's a year of reflection and growth. Oh, that's that's the whole thing. Somebody said that to me. They're like, 2020. It that it, there's a reason why that means perfect vision. And I was like, bro, I, I'm going to do to you what my wife wants to do to me right now. I'm going to stab you in the eye with this pen. Don't give me this perfect vision <laughs> shut up if you take a uh, payment so you skip a payment let's say let's say your payment's 3600 bucks so use the same example i was harping on of the guy with the 561 loan amount let's say his payment's 3600 bucks plus he's going to get that escrow refund for roughly four grand okay so let let you do the math on all of his costs and they're roughly 10g with the escrows with the prepaids but if he skips that payment for 3600 he gets his escrow refund for 4G. That's seventy six hundred bucks. Yeah. So if his total cost for bumping his loan amount 10G, and he's save he's getting back seventy six hundred bucks. What did that loan cost him? Twenty four hundred dollars. Two thousand four hundred dollars. So math Olympics, right? Math here. Olympics. Oh. Math genius. Arithmetic. So you really have to look at uh, at those details. Now it makes sense for this guy. He's saving, and eh, like, I want to say two hundred thirty-eight bucks a month or something like that. So pretty similar. Like if it costs him twenty-four hundred, and he's saving two hundred thirty-eight bucks, by God, that's a pretty simple decision. Right. If he's going to be there ten months, he comes out on top. Absolutely, and it makes sense for him. So every every situation's different all these little questions uh that that pop up but the devil is in the details exactly and that's why going back to that example you just gave how much did you drop his interest rate what rate was he at and what rate did he end up at you know he i want to say he was at 399 or right or give or take four percent i dropped him down to three and three eighths but his loan amount's pretty hefty so he went down about five eighths in rate um, but uh, uh, loan amounts hefty. Absolutely, that's my point. Is a lot of times, like mom and dad, they'll tell you, "You got to drop your rate one percent. Don't refinance unless you drop." Well, 1%. we get that question. Yeah. Hey, when does it make sense? I've heard that if you you got to drop a half percent or it doesn't make sense. Eh, sometimes it makes sense at three eighths. I'll tell you, I when they release Jumbo again, and please. Anybody that can uh, call your congressman or whatever, I need Jumbo product again. It's just killing me. But Jumbo loans, uh, those are the prime example. Anybody who owes a million dollars on a home, I used to write a lot of these until April when J.P. Morgan said, yeah, April, April 20th-ish. Yeah, 420, man. Anyway, 420. 
I feel like I'm on the Joe Rogan, you know, because he's, you know, he's always talking about weed. <laughs> anyway, but uh, um, on on a jumbo loan, you can drop an interest rate a quarter, and it'll make sense almost immediately. Yeah, because like on a million dollar loan, you go down a quarter percent. Sometimes, anyway, I don't know. I don't have my calculator uh, rolling right now, but I've seen it save people, you know, five six hundred bucks just off a small adjustment in their interest rate. The good news with loans right now is so automated for you to upload your documents, the things that we collect, the e-sign. Hell, you can do almost everything on your cell phone while you're driving to work. It's just really, really easy. It's not this daunting, long, drawn-out task now. Uh, sometimes they get a little sticky for some self-employed clients and whatnot, but the majority of them are super easy. So, What's the average turn time right now on a refinance? Oh, well, it depends on the loan officer. <laughs> I would say, I would say, I would say uh, well, here's the other good news before we talk about the turn time. Most of these people, if you're just doing a rate and term, you don't want any cash out, you just want to drop the rate, and you give us a shout, we spend five minutes on the phone, we're like, you know what, yeah, I think it makes sense. Let me get you the details in black and white. And then if it makes sense, we'll rock and roll. Uh, we don't need appraisals. I would say, oh my, 80%. 80%, 90% of the time, we don't need appraisals. We can pull automated appraisals. That means an inspector doesn't have to come out to your home, schedule with you or your spouse to come in, do this inspection. We have to wait 10 days to get it back. Most of the time, we can do it with what's called a property inspection waiver. It's just an automated appraisal. The turn times on those files, uh, we're getting clear to close and, and, uh, and getting them done in as fast as seven days. I would say average turn time is 10-ish. Yeah. You know, I mean nine, 10 days. And that's the biggest difference that I just wanted to bring up is a lot of times, especially in years past, it used to be 30, 60, 45, you know, like just this daunting, like we need more documentation. We need a second round of documentation and so on and such forth. And that's where like refinancing is, it's quite, it's not like having an abscess tooth removed. You don't have to be knocked out to do it. It actually goes pretty smooth and it's, pretty easy and it's uh relatively painless um so refinancing is it's actually a good thing if it makes sense but that's where you have to be careful that you don't let your emotion get wrapped up in the rate it's like buying a new car um to steve's point the inner corsica let's bring that up just real quick i i had an inner corsica was that a pontic pontiac Pontiac? No, it's a Chevrolet. Chevy. Chevrolet, of Corsica. Yeah. And so I grew up in the car business, and we used to sell these Corsicas like crazy. They were just this little uh, four-door, pretty basic vehicle, and we sold these things like crazy. Man, they were priced pretty low. Awesome cars. Oh yeah, and I had a, I had a blue inner Corsica, and it was. It, it's almost like it, it was uh, almost like a Ford Taurus. I love Tauruses. Remember the show model? Oh, the man. SHO was just a souped up, this is old grandma Taurus, but then they had the show model and it was hot. It oh, was yeah. sizzling. Oh. Well, but, but my inner cor- my Corsica was not sizzling. It was, this thing was just not anything to behold. It was, it was beat to hell and it just, I, I was like, dude, I got to get rid of this thing. So I drove it up to, uh, I'll give the shout out near new cars. They're out of, you know, um, Idaho, Preston, Idaho, but they're no longer there. So, but anyway, that was Steve's family's car business. So I roll up there and I sit down across the desk from his brother and I'm like, you got to get me out of this car. And he's like, okay, you're upside down, like bad. And I'm like, all right. He's like, how much do you owe? I'm like two grand. He's like, okay, you're two grand upside down on this. (laughs) And I was like, ACV zero. I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? And he's like, so we looked around and we found a car that he cut me a a, a deal on. And it was a a Subaru Outback. And this car was for my, at the time, my uh, soon to be wife. And so I was like, okay, she can drive a Subaru Outback. That's that's great. And so I rolled that $2,000 negative equity into that Subaru. Now I knew I was upside down in that car. Even though I got it financed, I knew I was upside down $2,000. So I bit the bullet for the next three years, and I made every payment, and I paid extra so I could get 
out from underneath that. And so that's the whole thing when you look at refinancing. You got to go with somebody you trust. You got to go with somebody who isn't going to keep burying you further and further along because there's there's loan officers and there's car salesmen out there that will bury you and put you in a position where you'll never, ever be in a good way. I had a client tell me once, uh, I will never pay off my house, so I don't care. And I was like, man... But this is your investment. This is whether you pay it off or not, you know, whether you sell it or whatever, you, you have this equity built for you. And there's a lot of ways that you can use with that. So be wise when you look at refinancing. But refinancing is a, is a great thing. It's a good thing if you can save money. I mean, I'm sitting here with Marcus and um, a, one of my favorite phone conversations with Marcus is I called him up and I said, hey, man, I think you should refinance. And he said, okay, um, how much is it going to cost and how much is it going to save me? And my response was shitloads and free. And so he's like, get it done. And get it done. And, and sure enough, and that's what we did. And so we did a completely no-cost refinance for him, saved him a substantial amount of money, gave him a payment break, put him in a, in a much better loan. And that's where if you work with somebody that you trust, you know you're going to have that happen. There's clients that I have right now. And one particular older gentleman, and I mean, he's mid-70s. He owns a second home up north in Bear Lake, and he owns a home in Farmington. He has loans on both. I've done both loans twice. And he calls me easily every 10 to 14 days. Say, hey, Steve, I just wanted to check. Maybe he's bored. I don't know. Just wanted to check in, see where rates are. Does it make sense for me to do anything? And I've had the same conversation with him now for four months, eight to ten times. Just, I won't say his name, just be patient. Just be patient. I had this conversation with him yesterday. That's why it's fresh on my mind. So-and-so is on the phone. Perfect. Shooting through. Just be patient. <laughs> and it's, uh, he's, really, he's really, really close. But had I you know, done something for him in February, March... Um, which kind of made sense, but it looked like things were trending down. Uh, we'll probably end up doing something for him this fall where it doesn't cost him anything. He improves his situation immensely. I'm totally fine with telling a client, dude, stay with what you got. Uh, another client called me yesterday, been on a 15 year loan for six years and he's at a pretty attractive rate in the, uh, three, three and three eights, I think is what he's at, but he's been paying on it for six years. I'm like, dude, if you look at what's going to principal and what's going to interest, I'm yes, we can lower your rate and we can lower it down into the twos, but just stay with what you have because it's not a financially prudent move since you've already had your loan for six years. And I'm totally fine telling people that. Uh, matter of fact, it's awesome to see clients that are responsible and can hear that, you know, stay with what you got. And they're like, thank you. Thank you for looking at it. Thank you for just looking at the details. Then they can rest well at night knowing they're in the best situation for them. <laughs> it's the other clients that are like, I don't care. I want to refinance right now. You know, if we don't uh, do something, I know they're going to go down the street and probably get a worse loan. But um, uh, just, uh, you know, follow the people that you trust. And, you know, we've, we've harped on this a lot. But use a, use a mortgage broker because they're going to offer you the best uh, terms uh, with the lowest costs. And don't ask what rates are. Ask what are the costs. What's the best you can do with the lowest costs? And then start there, and you can look at the details. The last thing I really want to touch on is that exact thing is cost. Because as a, as a mortgagee, you have to disclose, it's called APR. And I, I get a lot of people ask me, what's your APR? Well, do you know what an APR is? I've, I've been doing this 22 years. I don't think I could calculate it. It's, it's hard to calculate, and that's why they went away from it. That's why we have the tip. The tip, and that's why we have um, the loan estimate the way that it is because consumers found APR to be confusing. However, the law is still on the books, and we still have to disclose it. If I disclose a rate, I have to disclose an APR. So the way they calculate an APR is they take your loan amount – and then they subtract any hard costs from that loan amount. 
So let's use round numbers because that's the only thing I can do math on, even though I'm in the math Olympics. So if you take a $100,000 loan and subtract $1,000 for cost, now all of a sudden they look at it as $99,000. So what is your interest rate? What does it have to be to have the same payment as three and a half at $100,000? So they subtract out that thousand and then recalculate it and they say, oh, okay, it's gonna be 3.55 or whatever. And that's how they calculate an APR. So when you see somebody and they disclose APR and it says, note rate, two and three quarters, APR, two and seven eighths. And you think, oh my gosh, that's only, it's only an eighth cost for, for my loan. Not the case. You got to look at the fine print. Like there is a bank right now that's advertising 2.875 APR. But if you look at the fine print, it says your loan amounts 180,000, 70% loan to value, 740 plus credit score, on a purchase. So you take those things and you take that 180 grand and you work it backwards. It works out to be roughly 2% in cost to get the two and three quarters. So don't worry so much about APR. It's not, it's so convoluted and confusing that it's easier to say, what is this going to cost? And somebody says $1,500. That's APR would work if every single homeowner was required to keep their mortgage for 30 years. Then APR would be a beautiful thing. It'd make it transparent. The reality is that is not the case. That is not the case. There's tall people. There's short people. There's you know, there's skinny people. There's chubby people. There's real, every, there's, there's real Balufa whale people. Balufa whale. Big blue. <laughs> Every homeowner's uh, situation is different, so that APR is not. It's like the dumbest thing ever. I, I, I don't even. Yeah, it's that's a silly thing to look at when you're shopping for a loan, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I have to disclose it because it's the law, but I don't like it. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing. Yeah. So, um, again, reef. Are you going to refinance? If you are going to refinance, these are all questions that you need to weigh out and uh, look at. But the, the big thing is really knowing uh, roughly if your situation is, if your situation is, you don't know, you don't know if you're going to live there, you don't know if you're not, maybe, maybe wait until you kind of have some kind of, you know, solid determination on, so that the loan officer can give you uh, an educated answer as to what's going to be best for you. Yeah. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, even loan amounts. I mean, I had somebody call me the other day, they, they owe 130 grand. For them to pencil on a refinancing, like we got to drop their rate down to like 1%. And it's just, it doesn't work. It's like, it's, you're not saving enough money. Two more quick things, uh, really, really briefly. Mortgage insurance. If you're currently carrying mortgage insurance and you're at a good rate, but you've been in your home for more than 12 months, definitely look into refinancing today, today. Call a loan officer, call a broker and see if you can have that mortgage insurance removed. Because if you're paying 80, 90, 150 bucks in MI, even if your rate stays the same, it's still gonna benefit you as long as the costs are low, okay? So if you have mortgage insurance, look into it. Again, with those automated appraisals, um, maybe you did a purchase 12 months ago, you're sitting on mortgage insurance, call a loan officer, see if you can get that removed. The second thing is uh, with cash out, calls that we take all the time and uh, when homeowners need uh, some money to do a yard they need to do a home renovation but they only need 20 grand 30 grand their loan amounts 400 they call up and want to do a 20 or thirty thousand dollar cash out loan you know if you got if you have an attractive rate don't do that call your credit union get a small home equity line and just put it on that because to increase your interest rate or do a cash out loan, which is, which always 100% of the time are going to be a higher interest rate than a rate and term refinance. Just do a small home equity line of credit and uh, throw it on there and pay that off as quick as you can. Don't increase the rate on the entire mortgage, the 400 you owe plus the 30 grand that you need, increase the rate and do a new loan for 430. Now, if you need a hundred grand, eh, maybe it makes sense. You know, it's just, uh, those are some details that uh, are finite but are very relevant to situations that people find themselves in right now, that mortgage insurance and doing a cash out loan. Um, you hit on jumbo loans. 
So here in uh, Utah, and we we don't need to talk about the whole country, but here in Utah, we have loan amount restrictions based on the county. For example, if you're in Salt Lake County, loan amount restriction is $600,300. Nice round number. Nice round number. If you are in Utah County, it's $510,400. Is that right? No, right. three fifty. Five ten three fifty. Oh, five ten three fifty. Sorry, I was fifty dollars off. Again, nice round numbers. Nice round numbers. So the problem is, is that if you need a loan amount over five ten three fifty in Utah County, right now it does not exist. Thank you, COVID nineteen. You know, you've got to have a relationship with a private banker at Wells Fargo or J.P. Morgan Chase, U.S. Um, Bank, U.S. Bank that's going to lend you money that they hold at a depository institution because that money's not going to be guaranteed and backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. So that creates problems because if people want to buy homes in those counties and need loan amounts larger than the county limit, they're not getting them unless they have those relationships. And um, even those relationships right now are, they're tough to come by. So, you know, if you're thinking of selling and you want to buy a million dollar home, but you only got 250 down, Think again, maybe wait a season till that jumbo comes back. And it will come back, but it's going to be some time until we get some certainty in the market and certainty with lending and you know jobs. And hopefully we can get COVID and this, uh, this flu behind us. Absolutely. One, one other thing, just, just on the same, the same note with uh, cash out, there's a way to kind of trick the system. If you want, if you're not looking for a massive amount of cash out, we can get you up to 1% of your loan amount. So like on a $400,000 loan, I can get you four grand at the table. I can get you a two-month payment break. And I, right now we can give you a full year worth of your escrow refund. You add those three things up, and it's going to get you about twelve grand in that situation. So there's, there's ways around, but don't always try to get cash out to like 20 grand, 30 grand. You know, in those situations, definitely just look at it. Oh, Mike, what do you want to credit? Yeah, those minimal amounts. See if the loan officer can get creative and structure it to where put some cash in your hand in a roundabout way, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a cash out uh, transaction. So to recap, call a loan officer, dive into the arithmetic, wait out the costs, not just the interest rate, wait out the costs. Don't just read a billboard and call somebody and get her done. So, um, yeah, please, please, please subscribe. You guys have no idea how much that helps us. And uh, uh, feel free to comment and you know definitely rate because we really uh, appreciate those who have done that for us. What are our takeaways today? Takeaways definitely, you know, animals are expensive. Um, listen to your loan officer. If he says no, no means no, okay? I learned that a long time ago. Yeah, no means no. Patience, patience, old man, patience, sir. Um, just exercise it. It's a good virtue. Yeah. I don't have it, but you know, I you know don't have it. Not even a little bit. In fact, you're yeah. very impulsive and I like it. Yeah. Here's the thing I love about Matt. It's actually what I love about Marcus. So I've, so I've given a shout out to Marcus to listen to his podcast because it's beautiful. The thing I love about the people that I surround myself with is that they're authentic and there's no, what you see is, um, is awesome. And Matt is that way. Um, I'm not naturally that way. I kind of have to try to do that, but Matt and Marcus are very authentic people and I value that. And I think there's a lot of happiness and joy found in just being who you are. And so kudos to you. You maybe are impatient, but you're very authentic, which I appreciate. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. I don't always think everything through and I always tell everybody, my business partners, like, Will you stop with this ready fire aim crap? You know, <laughs> and so it's like you know, definitely appreciate you that. You just fire, yeah. Steve's Steve's patient. He thinks things through, yeah. and I I very much appreciate that that uh, that relationship because we make we make each other a little bit better. So anyway, but yeah, as far as takeaways, that's what I would say. You know, listen to your loan officer. Look at the cost. Look at the savings. Refinancing, it's not a thing to be scared of. I mean, you sh- you know, you can do it if it makes sense, and you should do it. I have a takeaway. Oh, yeah? You know, what's it been, four months since we kind of went on the lockdown? And um, 
just try to find some joy in like helping others today and go out and just be a good person. Don't be irritable. Do something for your spouse. Um, treat your kids a little better. If you want to feel better about yourself and the situation we're in, go help somebody else. Don't waller in your misery. Worry about your job. Um, things will take care of themselves if you are taking care of those people around you. And that's my takeaway. Don't drive like a jackass. You know, on the way to work, I'm like, man, what is going on? Like the drivers have gotten insane. Just take a chill pill, relax, and try to be a better person. Uh, I think that uh, that's my takeaway today because that's, you know, serving others, helping others, doing kind things for others is something that I've learned from those people around me. And when your day sucks and you do that, things get better really, really quick. So I, I'm telling you, I've been practicing. Yeah. My eye smile. How's it, how's it coming? <laughs> Is it good? Like the ice. So when I was, I just got back from Sun Valley and we'll sign off here. I just got back from Sun Valley and um, Ketchum and Haley, Idaho and Sun Valley have been hit by this virus uh, pretty bad apparently. And so everyone's wearing masks. Matter of fact, it's a hundred dollar fine in the city of Haley if you're in public without a mask on. And I was like, huh, what? That's, huh, okay. But a lot of the people are wearing uh, clear masks. So they're like, they're not the shield, not the shield that comes off your forehead, but the clear mask. It just like sits off their chin and sits almost like, uh, was that in Batman? What's the, what's the guy's oh, name? Bane. Bane. Yeah, it's like, like Bane, Bane with his little thing, only it's, only it's clear so you can see their mouth, which I really appreciate it because then you don't have to smile with your eyes. You can actually see what's going on. So um, takeaways, go do something good today. Um, be, be considerate to those around you, uh, and really look at the details and the cost when you refi. This is episode six. We'll catch you on episode seven and please go and rate us and shoot us an email, shoot us a text. If we can throw our Instagram handles in the comments, that'd be beautiful. And, uh, follow us on Instagram as well. And, uh, thank you so much for listening.